0: The comments, opinions and statements made in this audio recording are those alone of the individual who expressed them and in no way represent the stance, opinion or endorsement of the Uninformed Voters podcast, any other guest, commercial entity, state or federal government the Department of Defense, or any U.S. military service branch, nor do these organizations or individuals endorse, support, sanction, encourage, verify, or agree with any comments, opinions, or statements made unless explicitly and specifically expressed otherwise. So, Steve, what did you clap for in in the State of the Union?
1: Uh, I I clapped for the the gratified and embiggened economy that
0: uh, that oh I like that I like that that word embiggened yeah Uh, what'd you clap for Aram I
2: clapped twice once ironically once non-ironically the the ironic clapping was at the end of his State of the Union because it was over and I didn't have to hear him anymore. The unironic uh, clapping was when the North Korean defector stood up and held his crutches up over his head and in like a show of confidence. That was kind of a kind I, of.
0: I heard about that. Yeah, his yeah. crutches. He fell asleep on a railroad track or something. Yeah, he got run yeah. over by a train. Yeah, a North Korean train. I, I assume that's right? the
2: worst kind.
0: <laughs> like, like by bicycle, far. Like Flintstone powered. <laughs> i mean like it's, it's say north korean train it's either like a classic oh we need john here and we, we can get into yeah. locomotive chat quick.
2: i think but it's juche powered I think, <laughs> I think
1: i think we know what john's topic for the b block is next week yeah john juche what kind juche of trains powered. do they have Juche powered locomotives john <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like it. John, go. It's like, go. It's like, you got a wild dog on a leash. <laughs> and...
1: I, I think about, I, it's more like, the remember the little cars that you would pull back on the hardwood floor and it would wind?
0: It would yeah, wind a little gears. Shoot those it. fucking sparks out of the bo- bottom. Yeah,
1: like... And you let
2: it go and it would go.
0: You know, they uh, think
2: one of, those, one of those is responsible for bringing down the Hindenburg. I'm not even joking. There was <laughs> no, there was those toys. one on board. Yeah. A kid had one of those on board the Hindenburg and somebody took it away from him during the flight at some point. And then they think that he might've They're gotten it back it. and he <laughs> played with it. And then, yeah, you know what happened.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, Don't play man. So yes, uh, Arab and I suffered through the state of the union so that our, our audience didn't have to.
0: Or if they uh, did, they can, you're all joining you, them in solidarity. Yeah,
1: you can commiserate with us. Uh, so this was the third longest State of the Union in history uh, at 80, I, minute, 80 now,
0: minutes. Now, was it true that it was the most watched television in the last 10 years? No. I don't know. No, don't it, wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't
2: even the most watched State of the Union.
0: Yeah. So, Ooh, which one was? It had to be been a Bush one.
1: I Maybe. was going to say it would probably be a B-Rock one. He was he, The guy was yeah. a, a pretty good orator. He was. Um, so just some really – I'm just looking through the – um, the the page of notes here that I have. Um, I guess my basic takeaways on this were uh, he was pr- his teleprompter discipline was pretty high. He was he was pretty consistent, but it's also very clear when he goes off prompter. Like there, are, you know, he he feels something doesn't have enough superlatives in it, and so you get a you know a, big greater, a very right yeah you get you get some some greatly or bigger or greater thrown in there um lots and lots of of economic credit taking uh and and they are absolutely this is what they will run on in in 2018 the they the it's pretty clear that the gop uh attempt to stem the the coming wave in 2018 is going to be an economic
0: message now um, didn't didn't the 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 dow like tanked the day after right
1: Yes it did. It, by, it, like the biggest drop points.
0: it yeah, the biggest drop in 10 years or so or 12 yeah. years.
1: Yeah, but the yeah, Dow is they, was, they the had Dow nothing was, to. But yeah, but the Dow in fairness to to any administration that gets hit over the head with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it's it's only a part of the economy. It's and in in fact some would argue it's not even in that significant of a part of the economy anymore because it still lists a lot yeah. of... It, 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 that it, there's an you argument that under Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's an argument that it underrepresents uh, the tech sector in America. Um, that makes
0: sense. So, but yeah, when yes, you have so, like so, something like Disney there, drawing right. in, like a bajillion dollars,
1: right? Uh, there was uh, a lot of sort of jingoism. It was very on brand. This was a very Trump brand uh, speech with the. Establishment lens set in front of it, right? I was so going to
0: ask, was there a lot of like, you know, was there a lot of party line stuff that you you saw or influence in it?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's you know, the the there was lots of trumpeting of the the tax plan. You know, that was that was the big achievement. I mean, I mean, that was all that was fairly predictable because it's the only achievement they had this year. But there was also, you know, he also went so far as to claim that he had successfully repealed uh, Obamacare by canceling the individual mandate um which is debatable to say the least i think um there was a there was a really choice line arrow i'm sure you remember this one when he he, when he started talking about uh introducing uh his his domestic plans for energy and infrastructure and he called it uh Beautiful, clean coal. Yeah, how he lifted all kinds of restrictions. Ah, beautiful, yeah.
0: clean Refreshing coal. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was a pretty good moment. I think that <laughs> and then when he was addressing, I think it was a Border Patrol agent he was using as an example. And I think the guy's name was CJ, but Trump goes, oh, but there we got DJ or CJ. You know, my man. Oh, yeah. yeah, he told me to call him either one. No, he didn't. He told you to <laughs> call, told him call, him call him either one. one. And you fucked up, like my man, happened.
0: my man TJ over there. Yeah, I know that's not his name. He's cool with it.
2: The J is the only important part, is what he told me. It doesn't matter what precedes the J, as long as you have the J there, I will respond. You know,
1: I do remember that. Um, there was so the uh, the really clear takeaways here. Uh, there was a really sort of again a, a relatively predictable um, immigration messaging you know someone think of the children with a lot of ms-13 references and i
0: was gonna ask like that's like that is that's the new al-qaeda right now yeah. that's the al-qaeda yeah. in america that's, that's the yeah ms-13 they're in your house yeah they're in your grocery store they're getting you actually they're the, they're the, the how hotness much we want to talk about an actual gang on the on the air though but.
1: they're the new hotness in things to be afraid of if you're a middle american
2: yeah, and I think that I think targeting them with the State of the Union is going to do pretty much the same thing that uh, happened when Colin Powell, you know, pointed the finger at uh, Zarkawi in Iraq before the the Iraq War. You know, he went from being a nothing, and not that Ms. thirteen is nothing; they have a reputation already. But they went from being one one entity to overnight, they've been identified as the biggest threat to the United States. Right. That lends a lot of credibility and a lot of credence. And so, like you gotta be careful with that kind of rhetoric because you, you might legitimize your enemies in the process of trying to delegitimize them. And in this case, a lot of people could die as a result, just right. like the Al Qaeda example.
1: If you make recruiting videos for MS-13, you're using that clip where, where the president of the the president of the, the biggest country in the world is calling you out on national television, right?
2: Because he's clearly
0: afraid of you.
2: Yeah, like,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: Ooh, that's a good point.
1: Uh, so basically, immigration is a zero-sum game to this administration. This is all about um, they took our jobs, uh, someone think of the children, um, and when it comes to uh, any offers about DACA, it's these these four pillars. DACA is one of them, and then the other three are basically you know party fever dreams. They want funding for the wall, they want to end chain migration, and they want to end the diversity lotto, um, which are all – of course, inadequately defined terms in, in public discourse anyway. Um, but it was a pretty cut and dry, this is what it costs for you to get DACA Democrats. Uh, and what I thought was interesting, and I, somebody else pointed this out, when he um, when he offers these things that he thinks are bipartisan – he makes this sort of sweeping gesture with one arm towards the Democratic side of the House because he wants, you know, they've been sitting the whole time, right? Every two words out of his mouth, the GOP side of the House is standing up and, and applauding and going crazy, and Democrats are all sitting there stone faced. Well, there's fucking nothing that that this guy likes less than an, an audience that doesn't love him, right? He's an
0: entertainer by heart. That's
1: exactly right. He is an entertainer by heart and by nature, and so he would do this thing with like his arm and his hand, like come on, aren't you going to stay? Isn't this, I said DACA. Isn't that the thing you Democrats want? And he, uh, you know, uh, please so clap, please clap. Yes. It was his please clap moment. Um, I thought that his, the, the, the latter, probably the latter 30 minutes at least was all foreign policy stuff. Uh, and it was pretty grim. Um, He's really excited to get funding for more, bigger, better, faster nuclear weapons.
0: You know, I. You know, it's funny. I read an article on that, and they were painting to the um, the Joint Chief and the the Pentagon staff that was there during that. And like, there was one of them. One of the Marine generals was sitting there, like shaking his head during that specific part because it's a. um, It was one of those things where, like, we haven't tested a nuclear weapon. I think since the early 90s on american soil aram you probably yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: around then yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and like where they're preparing there's actually like a little facility where they just they keep kind of mothballed ready to test a nuke whenever and they told those guys they like, like hey go dust the shit off we're about to go, we're about to start back up
2: yeah they had a nuclear posture review that was released uh, a couple days ago and um it was the first one in a couple of years. And they basically started talking about new nuclear threats to the U S including like this new Soviet or Russian rather, um, uh, nuclear torpedo, super of some torpedo
0: kind. That can, a super yeah. torpedo
2: and then they're also <laughs> thinking about the Russians want to chain nuclear weapons to the ocean floor to act as a like ocean based ICBM field, basically earthquake um,
0: simulators, maybe.
2: Yeah, exactly. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, there was a nuclear posture review released, and as at the as they were giving the press conference, the uh, Lawrence Livermore National Lab, I think it was, was tweeting about uh, why tots. they think tater tots are the most uh, <laughs> the best fried right. potato.
0: Well, I mean, he's <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I know the I boy ain't wrong.
2: Smart people, so you know. <laughs> hey,
0: you know your dietary uh, your preferences don't have anything they don't correlate to your intelligence but in this case he's very smart and he's he's tweeting about great things
2: exactly yeah. exactly mm.
0: that's true man i can go for some tater tots right now
2: know. you know uh tater tots is actually short for potato toddlers um
0: which is <laughs> <kind of>, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: not okay
0: <laughs> tuber children <laughs> that's also there
1: uh, child of also, tuber so i also thought this was kind of interesting uh i think probably like a lot of Americans. I didn't know that this was still a thing, but he called for the, um, the sequester, the budget sequester specifically to be removed from the Defense Department. So I didn't know that. I assume yeah. he's talking about the 2013 sequesters that, that went into effect as part of the deal to reset. No, they,
0: they were 10 years. The, uh, okay. So yeah, that was a 10-year deal when they went in. Um and that's what got us out of the um shutdown then. Uh, okay. that the sequestration would take place. And now we're still in place and there's like uh I mean there's like they people found ways to to continue business without it, but no, they're still in place.
1: Ne- uh g- uh government wide, not just
0: uh Absolutely, yes, not okay. just Department of Defense, uh complete government wide. All agencies still have their sequestration. Um whatever stipulations from 2013 in place
1: so that's interesting so he is calling for it to be removed just for the defense department he wants to fully fund our military i i think it's worth noting we did sign a 700 billion dollar defense bill this year uh yes How much yep. it was? Right. Yeah,
0: something like that
1: um i hope that's enough that seems like an awful lot of, lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of clams.
0: You know, I was reading a. Um, this is a book I read a while back, and it was um, it was on a I, some retired general, and it said, you know the, the majority of actual top brass call for like, hey, give us less money because baby's hungry, and they just give baby money, and <laughs> they think that's what fills baby up. But they said, you know, if you force efficiencies on people, or you force people to become more efficient, it actually improves effectiveness along with it. And we're not saying like, you know, take a, you know, a 10% across the, across the board cut or anything like that, but like a 2% cut, if you 2% from the top to the bottom cut and, you know, you have to, you have to change the way they operate. And especially with the way like military acquisitions and everything has to go, um, then it, it would create, you know, it would Innovation, ingenuity—people actually have to think instead of just being like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, we'll do it. We'll do it Tuesday." You know? Right. Um, so it's
1: a, that's interesting because I, 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 so I haven't read them, but I guess a bunch of like Rumsfeld memos were released recently, and I don't know if you guys remember, but when he went in, uh when he was appointed, he he had a big heart on for uh inefficiencies in the Defense Department. He was all about almost exactly what you just described that like we can force better, we can get better results by forcing efficiency. And then uh, from what I understand from, you know, from synopses, the, that the, the, his memos post nine eleven just take a complete They're turn gone. away from that. Right. Yeah. Like he's, it's a, it's a full on embrace of, yup, spend it, whatever it takes, all the money, let's do it.
0: Well, I mean, you probably remember his quote right after, right before right when we went into iraq he's like you don't get to go to war with the army you want you have to go to war with the army you have or something like that <laughs> right and it was really taken as a you know and members of the military it was taken as kind of a slight it's like well are you just saying we're not the military you want like what do you want <laughs> why yeah, are you wanna... going to war if you don't want it? <laughs> yeah if you don't yeah, get right. the army you need One of
2: the memos, um, just since you brought them up, I actually have it saved. because I have a screenshot of the memo saved because it's it's the worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. And every bit of it gets worse than the previous bit. And here it is. It's a memo from Donald Rumsfeld that reads, Here is a memo that follows up the memo I sent you the other day about getting DARPA to work on the problem of security for airports, airplanes, and seaports. Newt Gingrich wrote the memo and it's first rate. It just, like, every part of that is worse than the previous. Uh, you know, like... you are
1: absolutely right. I mean, yeah, New Ging- invoking the name of Newt Gingrich is like that's 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 the poo-poo icing on the
0: doo-doo cake. It's top notch. <laughs> that's right. He was was he Speaker of the House then? I think so. No, no.
1: You know, in, in two thousand, I thought he was out. Oh, I don't know when this. I
0: can't came. remember. I can't remember because he was he was speaker of the house in clinton times right yes yeah he was then but i don't know i don't know he was cheating on his wife or well she died so i guess
1: yeah rest of newt's 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 another piece of work
0: top top notch yep top notch memo boy though uh
1: so uh yeah so just to wrap up with State of the Union, which we probably should. The what I my takeaway on on foreign policy was that it's Bush Doctrine, plain and simple, right? I mean, it's he went after North Korea, went after Iran. I mean, if there's anywhere where the establishment has really made the best, the greatest impression on Donald Trump, it's absolutely in terms of foreign policy. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there was a trace of what you might call Bannonism in. The foreign policy last night, or in much of that State of the Union at all? Uh, what do you, did Aaron? Would you do? You think? So? I agree.
2: I agree completely. Yeah, the foreign policy was like just yeah, middle of the road conservative Republican agenda. It sounded like you know, was yeah, like you're saying. Of, kind of like Bush did
0: they invoke the axes of evil, evil? No, I was expecting it actually. I mean, if you bring up saying, Iran and North Korea, that's two of them, right?
2: Well, we kind of destroyed the other ones Yeah, so now it's just like <laughs> yeah. the line
0: of evil. Obama took <laughs> the care. Of, life. Obama His, took care uh, of that one for him. The
1: seesaw yeah. of evil. Uh, he took credit for. He took credit for defeating ISIS. <laughs> yeah, he did. Huh, yeah. That's.
0: Hey, congrats, hey, everybody. Let's please clap. <laughs> please clap
1: directly into your microphone. Yeah. As the president does. Uh,
0: for, defeating the for defeating ISIS. defeating Hey, 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 guys and gals in Syria and Iraq, the war's over. Come on home. <laughs> I know. I, I know you're all like it's Monday afternoon when you all get this, and you're all excited. <laughs> hey, boys, yeah. pack it up.
2: Since he ma- since he started making the We Defeated ISIS announcements uh, a couple months ago when the Russians said it, uh, the coalition has launched an additional 450-plus airstrikes on ISIS. So mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> yep. Knocked oh. the ball out of the park there. Yeah. Uh,
1: Gitmo's back open for business. He can't wait to get that. Mm. It's like the... It's like it's the, the
0: North Korean detainees in there. The,
1: well, it's I, I'm picturing that like the cartoon factory music. Like he's just he wants to get that conveyor belt full of others just loaded and running and so he can just fill that prison. Boys,
0: we're going to need there. new interpreters.
1: That's it. That's right. Get them all in. Um so yeah, it was
0: So you're telling me bad. all in all the best the most highly watched and the most clapped. Yeah. State of the Union. Huh. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear. I'm really... It was, I, I it was regret the most hit.
2: highly watched anything ever. It was a it miracle. Was like watched
1: more. It was a miracle of modern politics.
0: I heard they modern invoked politics. the MASH finale. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he he took off like in a little helicopter at the he end. He didn't get
2: true? to say goodbye though. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Oh, and the one... So
0: one other thing that I
1: noticed when he talks about... Um, whenever he makes these like mealy half-assed attempts, like appeals to like the working class, cause like what the hell does he? he doesn't know about anything about the working class the guys never, you know, he's had what, the guy that holds the door for him maybe, but he it's, it's always like police and firefighters, like his imagination of like what working people is, are, is like a, a like the, the Richard scary storybook, busy town. Like here's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's the like the thing is with that like you know most policemen and firefighters and emts especially emts that they earn working class wages and those are the safe bets and that's like there's an yeah. emotion there's a brain tie with that be like right. oh yeah the, our our first responders the heroes and stuff like that you know yeah and so yeah. i i think that there's a there's a reason why uh you know that gets brought up somebody else is bringing up something that they've noticed um that a lot of a lot more they've heard more politicians have been cursing more and like you know and so and the reason being is there was some and this ties to shithole countries there was some weird study um that got announced a while back a few months back that said people trust people who curse more so like like you you subconsciously trust people who curse more and then like not 48 hours later, like some Democrat Senator got out and was like, this is shit. And then, you know, we had whole <laughs> countries and we had all this other stuff build. So I was, I was hoping for like just some, some bad words. And it, linguistics,
1: and, linguistics majors, linguistics, grad students. If you want to be on our show, get at us, please. Get at me. Is, this let, is interesting.
0: Let me know if I can use bad words or no bad words. And how <laughs> do I get more Wendy bucks?
1: That's right. Also Wendy's get, Wendy's, at, us.
0: get at me wendy <laughs> if you're still alive is she he is actually that's right because they brought the old they brought the original wendy onto the commercials when dave died and they said no you ain't the real wendy get the fuck out <laughs> and then they brought tv wendy on
1: i like cartoon wendy
0: is she sassy is oh, it yeah. the twitter wendy i don't know i don't know um This this podcast brought to you by Wendy's. This podcast brought to you by Wendy's. Uh, Unofficially, unofficially brought to you by Wendy's. (laughs) We're going to go to Aram
1: to talk about a, a, the no good, very bad couple of weeks in Syria in a place that things have already been no good, very bad, awful for a number of years now, seven years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're coming up on seven years. Uh, March 15th will be the seven year anniversary of the start of the revolution in Syria. Um, And so recently things took a turn for the worse in two ways. Uh, In Afrin Canton, which is in like northern Syria, uh, north of Aleppo, um, if you were looking at a map, uh, on the 20th of January, the Turkish military launched an invasion into Afrin Canton to fight the Kurdish YPG, who are backed by the United States in other parts of Syria, although not backed by the United States in Afrin Canton. They've advanced on, I think, six or eight axes toward the city of Afrin, which is dead center pretty much in Afrin-Canton. And so far, the death toll has been between 77 and 900 YPG killed, probably about 100 to 150. Uh, About 15 to 20 Turkish soldiers killed. About 100 uh, Free Syrian Army soldiers who have been co-opted by the Turks to fight the Kurds uh, have been killed. And then about 70 to 130 civilians have been killed. And so civilians are bearing the primary... Uh, They're the brunt of this fighting, and uh, people are digging bomb shelters in their backyards and hiding in holes in the ground in Afrin Canton. Um, the YPJ, that is the the uh, women fighters in the uh, Kurdish People's Protection Units, uh, have some of them have been mutilated when they've been captured by the FSA. Uh, it's been pretty horrific in Afrin Canton for the last couple of weeks. Um, And then uh, starting in February, there have been so far three chlorine gas attacks in Idlib province in Syria, um, with uh, probably only five to six people killed, but you know about 40 to 50 injured and the psychological impact of being gassed and having nobody do anything about it is pretty intense, Um, and the most recent attack was today in retaliation for a Russian jet being shot down over the town of Sarakib in Idlib province. Um, and so the Russians launched, as of 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today, they had launched 175 airstrikes, airstrikes in Syria on the 4th, um, combined with the Syrian Air Force's airstrikes and chemical weapons attacks that have injured uh, at least a dozen. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now in Syria. Uh, the United States has stated a couple days ago or yesterday that further chemical weapons attacks, even if they're not sarin, even if they're just chlorine, just chlorine in air quotes, um, that there will be – we do reserve the right to military response to that. Um, and uh, so it's it's a pretty tense situation right now, to say the very so, least. But
0: that, that, was, that was Obama's line in the sand, what, like two years ago? Was right, but Trump more recently reinforced it.
2: Uh, he reinforced it last April, and then this was just yesterday they came out and said um, that we reserve the right to a military response. And so I think it's at the point where Trump has basically put his reputation on the line by saying, I won't let it happen. Obama let it happen, but I won't. And uh, there have been chem- there have been chlorine attacks uh, after the sarin attack last year, but I think it's getting more attention now because a lot more media attention is being focused on it uh, than there was last year, um, which is interesting. But I don't know the cause of it.
0: So what do you see, like, this is, I, there's not any jokes to make about this because it's so fucking tragic. What do you see, what's happening? What's the way forward or like within those circles? What's the anticipation of things to come? Like, are they going to just continue like this just massive civilian bombing or, you know, in the response of one aircraft being shot down? or like, like really what's, what's happening?
2: Well, so it's interesting because on the one hand, the Free Syrian Army in Idlib province is largely being pulled back and put into Afrin Canton to fight the Kurds because they mostly answer to the Turks at this point. And so the Turks have pulled basically the FSA fighters out of Idlib province, sent them to Afrin Canton, and the Syrian army has tried to capitalize on that in the meantime and has tried to make gains and so the Turkish military actually sent a convoy of its own soldiers into Idlib province a few days ago and the Syrian army shelled the the road in front of it and forced the convoy to come to a stop and the convoy was kind of held uh hostage for a day or two before it retreated back to Turkey um and so what it looks like is going to happen at this point is the uh free Syrian army and the Turks are probably going to succeed in um cleansing, I suppose, I should say, Afrin Canton, um, of Kurdish resistance, if not Kurdish civilians. Um, at that point, the Syrian army will probably reassert dominance over the, uh, over Afrin Canton, either before or after the FSA takes it. There's two options. Either the FSA takes the whole Canton and then holds it for a little bit, or the YPG forces in Afrin Canton appeal to the Syrian army for protection, um, at which point the Syrian army takes the Canton from the, uh, from the Kurds, um, and then in Idlib province, it looks like if the Turks don't stick to their guns, if they were to sign an agreement that sells the FSA out to the Russians and to the uh, Syrian regime, then the Syrian regime would steamroll over them very quickly and retake the rest of the country. So at this point, it looks like Assad is probably going to do a pretty good job of reasserting his his control over most of Syria, um, which is unfortunate to say the very least.
0: Do so, they have? Or I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve.
2: So Arab uh, for. For the Turks, this
1: is not about a land grab or really anything other than punishing Kurds, right?
2: It, it could be a land grab as well. Um, Erdogan has made references to um, the historical ties between the areas in Afrin and like the Ottoman Empire. He made uh, statements uh, a few months ago about taking Mosul and making it part of Turkey in Iraq. Um, wow. And so, yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's, these are people who are advising Erdogan, you know, these extremists on the fringe, but it's kind of like their Steve Bannon situation, you know, like he's not really pulling the strings necessarily, but they're close to the person pulling the strings, the physical strings, and that's alarming in and of itself. Um, So it's just something to keep an eye on. They might try to control the territory in north of Aleppo for some time, the Turks that is.
1: The Ottoman Empire, man, everything old is new. It's, again. I
0: was gonna say it's we're on about a hundred year cycle right now.
1: Right, right. That's exactly right. It's almost exactly a hundred years. Yeah, there's some so, really
0: cool clothing that came out of that time, though. So it's <laughs> that's, true. That's true.
2: Definitely that's true. true. Uh,
1: yeah, there was a there was a presentation at uh, the PSL chapter I attend last Friday, and they were talking about. This very issue. Uh, And the map, the map of the current control, the regions currently controlled of Syria is like, uh, it's like a pizza with a whole lot of toppings on it. It's really, I mean, there's just uh, all kinds of interesting colored blotches all over. It's kind of hard to talk about in an audio only format, I guess. But, Uh,
0: Uh, yeah it's like one of those diagrams where it shows like who's who's the enemy of so and so and there's 500 intersecting lines on a single diagram and there's only like eight circles on there
2: right yeah um i put together a diagram uh, a couple weeks ago to try to show people what it looked like and it's a simplified diagram just to show people like who the different sides were in the war so if you simplify the sides in the war If you were to put them all in a circle, all the different factions in a circle, there'd be 10 of them if you put ISIS in the middle. So 11 factions in the war, if you simplify it.
0: Does everybody Um, hate ISIS, at least?
2: Yes. Everybody hates ISIS, for the most part. Uh, The Turkish operation against the Kurds hasn't actually done anything to ISIS yet, even though they claim they were fighting ISIS. ISIS has never been in Afrin Canton, so they can't actually be fighting ISIS in Afrin Canton.
1: That's going to be a sitcom 10 years from now. Everybody hates ISIS.
0: (laughs) Ray Romano's still gonna be ISIS though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Deborah. Ray Romano, get at us. Let's make this happen.
1: <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Ray Romano.
0: Starring in everybody hates ISIS.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh.
1: All right. Well, so what else do we got? Man, we got that's this. Like,
0: that's like a punch in the gut. reading That stuff is just like, huh? I know. Huh. It, like one to think about the seven year civil war that has gotten uh, um, everybody involved. And there's, you know, there's just as much interest that the United States, well, not that the United States, but like all these interested parties that we have in it that are the antithesis to us. And also have like the same interested parties in North Korea, Russia. Um, So.
2: Yeah. It's become, you know, the free Syrian army was never initially designed to fight the Kurds in historically Kurdish territory. Like that wasn't the goal of the revolution. It's, it's become so twisted now, you know, with all these foreign backers getting involved, it's, it's really sad. It took an already depressing situation and made it even sadder somehow. And, uh, it's a lot to handle.
1: Well, uh, the, great, the great powers will, will never uh, let a, a good crisis go to waste.
0: Nope. Who said that? Oh, that's Rahm Emanuel said that, didn't he? <laughs> I think it was him. I don't I know. Was, I think that was his motto. <laughs> um, well, uh, so we also had, we had uh, the memo, folks. Yep. The memo has dropped. I hope you all uh, were sitting down when you read it because, boy, Almighty, that memo hit hard. And by hitting really hard, it was like a a big greasy spaghetti noodle that came <laughs> plopped out and just kind of impotently stuck to things as it touched. On. <laughs> um. So yeah, this huge buildup over this um this memo. And not much came out of it. Like, nothing came out of it. Really. I mean, like, I guess my interpretation of it is that it was this huge buildup. It was supposed to, you know, blow the case wide open. Um, And, yeah.
2: Well, like everything in this presidency, it was impotent. So, you know, I mean, there's that.
1: Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I think that... You know, because we're in the era of what even matters, that um, it's enough for the president to cry vindication, and therefore for his base, for that 34% floor or whatever that will never turn their back on him, it's enough for them too. And for everyone else, they didn't need the memo to fall flat on its face or to know that it was you know transparently bad in in almost every angle i mean yeah like so yes it's 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 an impotent release because yeah there's nothing in it but also because nothing moves the needle on this anymore like and until there's until there's charges nothing n- none of this stuff really
0: matters hey, well i guess like my thing whole thing was was like oh yeah this will this will prevent charges from ever dropping and what was his name was it nunez
1: nunez, nunez? Devin Devin nunez from california
0: yeah i can't remember but he was the one that that they're pretty well he's the one that they're um that released it right but he sp- supposedly, or something happened. They worked specifically with the White House. I don't know. Well, no, Trump released it, but they think they worked with Nunez on it. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not he, completely. Yeah,
1: he drafted it as part of his work on the House Intelligence Committee.
0: That's it. And, but it, it, like, it felt like because of how just like kind of fluff it was, it was specifically drafted to release. It wasn't uh, right. drafted as a, you know, as something that we needed to, that would right. actually vindicate due to evidence discovered. It was like, no, let's work together, try to make this little weird memo and and make, yes. make the prez look a little bit better.
1: Right. It was a partisan is- instrument from from the get-go. It was always intended to basically be a, a shield of sorts to, to and, cast disparity on the investigation.
0: And, and if anything, and now like his integrity in the committee is donezo. <laughs> and I don't think there's going to be a lot of folks like clamoring <laughs> to work with him. You know, like, when he, he just goes running, waving the papers over his head to the white house immediately.
1: Well, and uh, what's his name? So Trey Gowdy, who has, as far as I know, always been eager to, you know to do frivolous legal stuff I mean he wasted what two years of 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 Congress's time on on benghazi and I, I i he even he uh came out against the the memo this this weekend basically saying you know i don't I don't think that this uh I don't think that this discredits the the investigation in in any credible way and now he's also not he's he's you can also add his name to the list of GOP retirees this year he's not running again either
0: yeah there's gonna be a lot of them and just yeah, kind of
1: they're running for the hills
0: yeah let some other some we'll allow the opportunity to some other young young individual that can better represent their constituents <laughs> right but yeah I don't know and it just it's kind of like you said like like every cable news I was sitting there like, I can't wait to read this. I can't wait to read it. And I, and like, everyone's like, it's dropped and I'm on my phone as fast as I could get it. And I'm just like, this was it? This yeah. is like, we bothered wasting energy. And and then of course everyone started dissecting it. And I was like, we're just cutting the turd apart right now. We're just right. like, pointing out the different parts of it. Like, ooh, there's still poop right here. I was, was, yeah. so I was, I, I was- knew it, I knew through. it was poop when it came out of the butt. But right. now we're like, confirming right. it's a bird. <laughs> When, uh, when it
1: came out the the uh, Washington Post published it with like oh read the annotated Nunez memo and I was thinking like oh thank God because these things are always like 400 pages long and I don't want to and it's like <laughs> there were only like three highlighted sentences in like a five paragraph essay I'm like who you did this is the briefest annotation ever you didn't even need to annotate this because there's just nothing here there was I mean literally
0: I thought that I had scrolled past the important (laughs) part when got to the end of the article when when i read it i thought it was like a cover page to the relief of it i was like i'm going through it and i'm like oh okay so they're just letting us know this is secret or it's been declassified and (laughs) da 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 and then i'm like what the fuck and it it also (laughs) made me go man maybe i can be a politician Maybe, yeah. like, maybe if this is like what they spend energy drafting and working on together, I could, I could do this. I could con oh, yeah. some dummies into into having me do this. If I ain't a politician. Let me be a staffer for somebody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can drive. You, you need one of these drafted up, bud? I got one. <laughs> I got boilerplate ones ready to go. Right. And it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess it also further proves like how worthless politicians are in their positions. Yeah. <laughs> At least this current match. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, uh this week, another one of our, our representatives, our, our great speaker, Ryan. He, uh, he came out with a little <laughs> tweet. Did you all see this? I did. Uh, did you see this? Uh, as they like to say, did you <laughs> see this? Um, he, he had his tweet praising the tax bill and, uh, that a, uh, a school worker in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, her pay went up $1.50 a week. And she in a year. She was pleasantly
1: surprised. Yes.
0: A, and in a year, she'll be able to afford a Costco membership. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And, and then uh, someone had got on there and they said, you know, she's a public employee. This is how much she's making or, you know, right, right about. And this is how much rent is in the average area. And you know, I guess a Costco membership is a lot to her, but you know, I bet not living in abject because it came out that I think she was her position only pays like $11 an hour or something like that, yeah. And so take out taxes and everything else, yeah. Percentage wise, a dollar fifty is a lot, but you know what? I wish that woman made more money,
1: <laughs> right? That would be even better.
0: I, I wish, like, you'd be like, hey, I'm gonna save this, and in a year. I can go to the big box warehouse stuff and buy 40 rolls of toilet paper at the same time.
1: They got those really good muffins.
0: Do they? I never, you know, I had a, I, at one point I had a membership and I never got food at those places. Yeah. So. Huh.
2: Dude, it's, Costco muffins are delicious. You, gotta, yeah.
0: uh, you I, gotta I'm not a big muffin up. boy. I'm, I'm not either, eat.
2: but. Um, they are big but Costco muffins, muffins, yeah. muffins are pretty good. They're they're giant muffins. Though, yeah.
0: So maybe that's it. Maybe if I getting a pay raise, looking up for this, you know, uh, would be something worthwhile. And and, and there was some uh, um the average taxpayer, the middle come average middle income taxpayer is going to get back nine hundred and thirty dollars in this. But our top one percenters are the 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 job creators here, trademark. They're going to be receiving, on average, fifty-one thousand dollars a year, huh? So I hope that all that money goes back into job creation.
2: Seems fair. And it, it will. It will. Don't worry. Uh,
0: and there was also right after it passed, it came to uh, it came to light that uh, the Koch brothers uh, five hundred grand got donated to Paul Ryan right sure. afterwards. Wow! Like, so that's so funny. And uh, I think somebody wrote something on Twitter. It was like, yeah, the amount of money I'm saving, I can buy like 10 more Paul Ryans is what the Koch brothers. (laughs) But I mean, and it's, yeah. Uh, Is he planning on running again? Paul Ryan? Paul Ryan?
2: It depends on if the Democrats bring out Diamond Joe. I mean, if he's on the campaign trail too, Paul Ryan will naturally be scared of him.
0: Well, I, I'm he's sorry, afraid. I don't mean on president. I thought for his position.
2: Oh, I know, but like if he doesn't want to be anywhere near Joe oh. Biden, he's still afraid of him, the trauma from last time. Yeah. I th- um, so wait. It's interesting
1: that you bring that up because now I thought I remembered something about him thinking about not running again in 20. That's
0: what I thought, and that there was there was that one guy, um, that working class guy, the plumber or something that uh iron,
1: iron stash
0: yeah that's it. iron stash hell yeah that was going to um be running and yeah, he um, is
2: running against him i see ads for him every once in a while randy
1: randy bryce
0: yeah vote for randy let's go randy I, I, what was he said he's like hey paul i think we may have talked about this i can't remember though he's like hey paul let's switch jobs you can go to the iron yards i'll go <laughs> i'll go to washington and let's get
1: so All right, so this is interesting. It says that he's been telling close confidence that he plans to retire after the 2018 midterms. That sounds to me like he plans to run, win the seat, and then leave so that the Republican governor gets to appoint someone. Maybe. That's that's assuming that... They
0: they voted a Republican in, didn't they?
1: Well, it would be Scott Walker, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, it is fucking Walker.
1: So if he'll still be in power, if he'll still be governor in 2018 or 2019, then i I think that's a smart strategy. Uh,
0: Well, we're got, we're consulting with the experts here. Um, But yeah, I don't know what else has been going on. Uh, I I know everybody um, comes to us for breaking news. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles won their first Super Bowl.
1: The Eagles.
0: Uh, they defeated the Patriots, forty-one to thirty-three, and um, I'm pretty sure everybody on the East Coast gets free Wawa coffee tomorrow or some shit. So, yeah, congratulations to Wawa.
1: I I am glad. That I don't live in the Northeast now because everybody's gonna be walking around butthurt for a year about this until basically until next November about how they were robbed and and I mean, dude, no, like I'm not even a sports guy, but nobody cries like a Patriots fan.
0: I know there's gonna probably be like a team of folks that break into the Liberty Bell tonight and hit it with sledgehammers and shit and like (laughs) you know the um, like did you all see? how the city reacted a couple of weeks ago when they, uh, um, when they won the playoffs.
1: I'm sure they're going to burn it to the ground.
0: Well, they had uh, somebody drove a fucking doom buggy up the, <laughs> up the Rocky stairs. Not like a little, like like this huge, like, it looked like a monster truck. And so like, I hope that, and there was a guy who was calling himself big, Dig Nick. And he like, he was being interviewed on the news. They're like, Oh, who are you? And he had an eye patch. It's like, I'm Big Dick Nick. And, like, they didn't cut away. They just kept interviewing him. I'm like, fuck, yeah. And so people were, like, chanting his name in the streets. And it was a good time.
2: I'm looking at the uh, – there's a website that has police scanners all over America that you can listen to it's online. It's like 10,000 uh, listeners. There are 1,500 people listening to it. Uh, <laughs> other scanners have, like, 10. So, yeah. <laughs> and it says – uh Large crowds are gathering at Frankfurt and Cotman Avenue, police on high alert. Yes. So it's going to be, uh, gonna be some, They don't
0: want people going in there and ringing the Liberty Bell. It's already got a crack in it. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's going to be a wild night in Philly tonight.
0: Fuck yeah. Are, are you ready for some football? <laughs> so I guess uh, we will – I'm going to take a minute for some self-publication. Uh, hey, listeners of the Uninformed Voters, you obviously know how to use a computer. You're pretty smart. Um, What's that? What's that noise? What? no? Oh, that little buzzing? That was probably my cell phone going off. I'm unprofessional. Um, <laughs> uh, but I got another podcast for you to listen to. Just this past week, uh, the, the first episode of Save Versus Adulthood came out. That's right. Um, it is 100% another Steve and Brad production. Uh, We got some other very creative folks helping us out on that. And uh, it's actually our very first product that we've hosted on our own website. And uh, you can visit us now at tworavens.biz. And there'll be more that comes on out about that. But uh, Steve Steve and I are a couple, some old little birds just squawking on the internet. It's, uh, It's
1: the hottest. It's the hottest in new original content.
0: It's the heat, and um, we're gonna we're getting into like really weird ASMR videos. Um, it's <laughs> like a lot of foot stuff. Um, we have the role playing game. A lot of like there's some new really hot content. It's all <laughs> hopefully one day it'll all be brought to you by Wendy's. Yep. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Check it out. Check out Save vs. Adulthood. Yes. It's a fun RPG podcast where we play all kinds of pen and paper role playing games and there's a we have an interesting little twist where the characters are sort of the same every week but they're not so check it out it's fun we had a lot of fun recording it the first episode of chapter 1 came out or sorry the first chapter of episode 1 came out monday and the new one will be out tomorrow monday the s- 5th monday february 5th
0: Yeah, it'll come out February 5th. I don't know when I'll be getting released in this. It'll Mm -hmm. come out February 5th. So (laughs) I don't know if this will be coming. This should come out tomorrow. (laughs) February
1: 5th may or may not be in the past at the time of you listening to this recording.
0: Yeah, it may be present or, yeah, it'll definitely be the past or the present. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's like the old-timey radio stations. Everybody downloads our uh, uninformed voters and they sit around their phones listening with their family. yeah Yeah. we're making we're bringing the family back together
1: by the fireplace
0: yeah ah
2: (laughs) it's the only word they have from the wider world you know other than that it's just what they can see in their little town all over america (laughs) it's still the dust bowl for most of our listeners for some reason right (laughs) they're
0: wearing overalls that they were inherited
2: everything's black and white it's weird you know
0: there's still a lot of like systemic problems. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's our world too. So yeah. But yeah. So what did we learn this week? What'd you learn, Steve?
1: Uh, I learned that things in Syria continue to get worse. If that were in any way imaginably possible. And I also learned that the president likes to clap for himself.
0: That's a good one. Please clap. Please that's clap. what that's what brought that's what brought our boy uh, Bush down,
1: Comrade Jeb. Hillary Comrade Jeb got Comrade brought Jeb down. Comrade Jeb will be back. Comrade Jeb's going to lead the vanguard of the revolution.
0: You think so? No. <laughs> I saw a portrait this past week of a guy, and he looked. I don't want to say dead on Jeb. He looked <laughs> close enough. Like every time I would walk past it, I would be like. Fuck, I wish I could take a picture of this right now and share it with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you learn, Aram?
2: I learned that uh, if you're trying to get a crowd riled up and want them to, to applaud for you, the best way to do it is to encourage them by clapping loudly into the microphone yourself. <laughs> and it leaves them with little doubt as to what they should be doing with their own hands.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> That's smart. Hey, you, it's, there's a... There has to be some psychological law on that, just right. Know.
1: What do you think? He got famous and got to be president by not clapping for himself? Come on! It's like
2: that study where everybody stood in the line and they didn't know why. Everyone was just clapping and they have no idea why they're clapping. Yeah, but the whole that's audience.
0: right. Have you ever have you ever seen those psychological studies where they uh, like they go in an elevator and everyone's facing backwards, <laughs> and then within <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. like ten seconds they turn around? He's like, "Yeah, you should be clapping. I'm clapping, obviously, and I'm yeah. the president." And it's like, "Oh God, yeah, uh, let me go." <laughs> um, what do you guess, learn Brad um, you know I guess I learned I didn't miss much by not watching the State of the Union and I need to uh, like completely just block out all major media out of my life and not get all pumped up about some impotent fucking uh, memo that comes out and I'm just like yeah so but yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Um, thanks, y'all, for listening. Subscribe, like. You know the drill. Do it. And give me some money on Patreon, Wendy. Do it.
1: Get us that Wendy's money.
0: Give me that Wendy's money. I love you all. Bye.
1: And a lifetime of attendees.
0: The Uninformed Voters intro and outro music was provided and sampled by Attack Squad. To listen to more of their amazing music, please visit them at ahtck.com.